0: All right, welcome to the stage, Mr. Ryan Wall.
1: Hey, let me, uh, let me pray for us real quick. God, thank you so much for uh, my friends and just the opportunity to get to come and just uh, celebrate you and learn a little bit more uh, how we can be more effective in just communicating your grace and love and the truth of uh, who you are uh, that you uh, loved us so much that you sent your one and only son uh, to die for us that we may have a new life in you. And so I pray that uh, you would use this time tonight and over the next coming of weeks that we would just be uh, more effective uh, at communicating uh, the truths that are revealed uh, in your Bible uh, and how those truths have transformed our lives. I ask all these things in your name. Amen. Well, hey, I wanted to recap a little bit from last week, and so Nathan spent some time with us uh, just talking about two uh, different narratives. Uh, And so he talked about um, a traditional narrative that we hear, which he called a forgiveness narrative, which just looked like um, talking about how, uh, you know, to put it simply, that we are a sinner saved by grace, uh, and how uh, that narrative is... A incomplete narrative of just the full kind of story of the gospel. And so that, there, uh, that we were created in God's image, uh, that we walked in perfect harmony with him, uh, that we um, fell out of his grace through sin, uh, that he loved us so much that he had a plan to come and save us through his son, Jesus, and that ultimately that he is restoring that relationship that we would walk in wholeness and newness of life. And so those bookends uh, can often be forgotten, that we were both uh, created in His image and originally walked uh, in step in perfect harmony with God, uh, and then also that we will return to that and that we will, uh, a completion of the gospel story is just that we will walk in a a newness and fullness of Him, that at some point we will be uh, totally redeemed, totally walking uh, in a perfect harmony and unity with God. And so... As we even think about uh, evangelism, that we would remember that gospel narrative, not just the uh, forgiveness narrative of being saved, uh, uh, sinner saved by grace, but that we would understand that kind of full narrative uh, in our own life, so that we can uh, point people towards that. And so over the next coming weeks, we're going to talk about some ways to do that. And ultimately, kind of at the end of this class, we're just going to talk through, hey, how do you even... Uh, disciple somebody, train somebody up uh, so that they can walk in that. But the next, uh, today and next week, we're just going to talk about some basic ways to share the gospel. And so today, my friend Joe is going to spend a little bit of time uh, with one of the just kind of most traditional, uh, simplest ways uh, that we'll call the bridge illustration. So we'll get started here in just a little bit uh, with what is called the bridge illustration. I did want to take a second and celebrate somebody. And so is there someone I think is Julie Coates? You get the name for sure. Jessica, Jessica Coates. Hey, Jessica. Uh, Jessica, out of this whole class, is the only person who signed up for Unashamed. And so I want to. <laughs> So one, I want to give her a free book uh, for the one thing you can't do in heaven. Um, and then two, just remind you guys that so we would love to have you guys come join us. And so we would hate for you guys to uh, spend your time here on Thursday nights learning how to do things and not actually applying them. You know? And so we, if you can, we would love to have you guys come and join us for Unashamed. So you guys should have got a link for that in an email from Sylvia earlier this week um, if you guys can join us for the whole weekend. If not... Uh, then we would really encourage you to come and join us on Saturday afternoon on November 14th. And so we'll send out some details on how you can do that if you can't join us for the whole weekend. But we would really encourage you to come and spend some time with us uh, because we're going to talk about a bunch of different tactics, a bunch of different things that you can say. But ultimately, the most effective way to learn these things are just coming and doing it alongside of us. Uh, And I'll take all the pressure off. Uh, We will do it. Uh, for you, for at least half the day. And so we'll just say, hey, watch me, follow me as I follow Christ. Let me start the conversation. Let me handle that conversation. And we'll let you just get comfortable. And so if that is in the first conversation or if that's the last conversation of the day, uh, I want to take that pressure off and just say, hey, I commit to you guys to have somebody by your side and helping you with that. Uh, and so we'll do that alongside of you guys. Um, but we want to get started tonight by just uh, sharing. Uh, how do you even do that? And so how do you communicate uh, the gospel, which, uh, you know, I've heard it said is uh, simple enough that a baby could swim in it and deep enough that an elephant could drown in it. And so just how can you say it in such a simple way uh, that with clarity and simplicity and brevity, that somebody could uh, understand the beginning of the gospel. Um, and so I want to invite my friend Joe Daly back up here and just share a little bit how to do that uh, with just one verse out of the Bible. So. Thanks, John.
0: Who's still bitter about one of those three lists? I figured you guys might be. <laughs> figured you guys. Might. All right, so hey, we're going to spend some time on this whiteboard tonight. So if you uh, will try to move it back on the stage a little bit. But um, yeah, feel free at this point, take 30 seconds quick to uh, move to a different table if you need to. crowd on. And then we're gonna, you're going to need paper, just a blank sheet of paper. So if you've got a journal, something great. But then also we've got sheets of So Just raise your hand if you don't have one. Megan and Allie will walk around and give you one real quick. They were on the table as you walked in. But yeah, we're going to go through this and, and have you guys really write this out as we go. And so um, just uh, you've got a, a tangible example that you can take with you. Move this back a little more. All righty. All right, so uh, as Ryan said, my name's is Joe, uh, Joe Daly. I'm serving on the single men's community team here at Watermark. And uh, uh yeah, the, the one verse bridge illustration is one of um, many, many different ways to share the gospel. That That is the beauty of the gospel. There's so many different ways to do it. But this has proven... Uh, just in my life personally, I've used it many, many times, and uh, I'm I'm learning more and more. Like all Christianity is, is saying the same thing over and over and over and over again. And sometimes we get creative and we say it different ways. And other times it's okay, and it's it's you're free to just keep saying the same thing over and over. And and without fail for me, and and I'm one of many people who use different tools. Um, this one just seems to be one I just keep coming back to. Oh, maybe I'll, maybe I'll find a different and a better way to share the gospel. And without fail, uh, the bridge just keeps coming up. And so uh, excited to share with you guys tonight. It's based on Romans 6.23. Uh, and so, yeah, it's called the one-verse bridge illustration because it is. We're just, this whole time, we're only going to use Romans 6.23. And so uh, as I talk through tonight, uh, I'm not. We, we thought about maybe bringing someone up and kind of walking through it that way. But I'm just going to talk you through it as I would be kind of going through it. And so really, it'll be a little interactive. I'll be asking you some questions. So feel free to, to shout out answers. But um, for starters, it, it's, uh, it's important that you write it out even just like this in three separate lines. And so um, and you'll, you'll see why here in just a second. So the, for the wages of sin is death. And so, yeah, so feel free to, to write this out as we go and leave some space. There's going to be some drawing for those of you who like pictures. Uh, this is a great exercise, we'll draw on the bottom so we have, for the wages of sin is death and then the second line, but the gift of God is eternal life, and then the last line in Christ Jesus our Lord and uh, And one quick thing that i 'll just hit on with the whole romans six twenty three is write that out, write the whole thing out romans six twenty three because if you 're sharing this with someone who 's maybe not as familiar with the bible uh, r o or r o m might not mean as much to them, and so uh, hopefully when you 're done with this they 'll take it with them and they 'll be able to reference back to it at some point. so yeah, write out that whole that whole um, the book the chapter and the verse romans six twenty three and so um, so yeah, so how many people real quick, just to get an idea how many people have um, have done the bridge illustration with someone else. So n- not not like have seen it, but it was like you personally have shared it with someone else. Got a couple? Okay, awesome. All right, so three lines for the wages of his death, but the gift of God's eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord, or some translations say through. And so uh, the way I like to start this with folks is just is uh, how do you even get to the bridge in the first place? And, and by that, I'll like to ask folks, hey, do you know or what do you think the central message of the Bible is? Or have you ever heard, has anyone ever told you the central message of the Bible. and Because uh, really, I would argue this one verse teaches the entire story of the Bible in one verse. And so asking someone, hey, what what does the Bible mean to you? Have you ever heard about the Bible? Have you heard stories of the Bible? And just asking them something along the lines of, hey, what's the message or what's the story of the Bible? And um, you'll, depending on who you're talking to, it could be a whole variety of answers. You say, hey, what if I could tell you the entire story of the Bible Using a picture that's so simple a six-year-old could understand it. Would that would? Could I take a couple minutes to do that with you? And you just you, you disarm them right away. Okay, like, hey, it's super simple. There's a picture. My little six-year-old nephew. Could it, would that be interesting to you? And I've to this day I've never had someone say no to that. And so I'm I'm sure it'll happen. I'm sure it'll exist. You'll you'll get the no, and hopefully the Holy Spirit at that time will tell you what to say in response to that no. But in the the many times I've been doing this and teaching folks to do it, no one's ever said no to that. And, and hopefully at this point, you're, you know, the, the person you're with knows, hey, we're, we're going to have this conversation. So, um, the and then you say, hey, the, the story starts out with the Bible is about two people. There's two main, not people, two main characters. And one is man and the other is God. And so you're going to draw a, a cliff, if you will, on one side with man. I'll move out of the way here. Apologize in advance for being left-handed. Left, lefties and whiteboards do not go together well. The other side is God. So there's about two main characters, man and God. And uh, we're going to look at this verse, like I've told you guys, You in know, three main parts. And so the first line is what we're going to focus on first. And so uh, the first line is going to be about the man side. And there's three main words in the first line we want to focus on. Wages, sin, and death. And we're going to write all three of those over here on the man side. And when you guys are going through this with someone, you can either do them one at a time or you can do all three at once like this, and uh, you'll see here in just a second. And so I like to start when I say, all right, so we're going to start about talking about a wage. And so I'll ask whoever, hey, what is a wage? And so I'd throw it out to you guys. What's, what's a wage? Payment? Paycheck? What else? What you've earned? Good. Anything else come to mind with the wage? Deserve? It's what you deserve? Yeah. It, it, perfect. The, one of the best maybe examples or illustrations is is your your paycheck at work, and just saying to someone, "Hey, how would you feel if your boss didn't pay you your paycheck after you worked?" Like you'd probably get pretty angry. And just asking them something along the lines, and so uh, whether it's your paycheck at work, and, and really making sure they realize, "Hey, this is what you deserve. This is what you've earned for what you've done." And so in this case, you know the wage isn't talking about work and getting a paycheck. It's talking about the wages of what? The wages of sin. And so sin, uh, you know, here in Dallas, in the Bible Belt, chances are someone's going to have a, a decent understanding or acknowledgement of sin. Um, every once in a while, you might run into someone who's like, I've, I've never sinned, or what, what's that? And so uh, if you want, you can say, hey, the, the original, where sin came from, the term, it's an archer's term, and it just meant missing the mark or missing the bullseye. And so sin is missing the bullseye or, or missing perfection that God uh, demands of of us in order to, that's one of the ways to get to heaven, be perfect. And uh, so far, humans are oh for like a hundred billion or, or however many there are bands just saying, hey, sin is missing the mark. And so on the off chance that someone's like, well, I don't sin or, you know, that's not me, an easy place to take them there is, you know, the Ten Commandments and just say, hey, have you, you know, have, have you ever told a lie before? Oh yeah. Well, what do you call someone who tells a lie? Oh, a liar. Hey, and, and then if you do ever go through the Ten Commandments with someone, make sure that you affirm that you are also those things, because <laughs> if not, they might be like, "Bro, you are calling me a liar and a adulterer and all that." You know, just and so just say, "Hey, hey I, you know, what? I've told a lie too before," and just uh, find some common ground in, in the in the sin. But, but yeah, most folks, you're going to talk to. If I had to guess, not all, but most are going to say, "Yeah, I, I acknowledge I've sinned before." Um, and then the last piece is death, and just saying, "Hey, this isn't just you're dead in a coffin, but this is an eternal death. This is separation from God forever and ever and ever." And so, uh, at this point, uh, I like to ask, them, hey, what do you think so far?" And 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 throughout the whole thing, ask them, "Hey, does this make sense so far? Are, are you tracking with me? Uh, hey, how am I doing? Do you have any questions?" W- when you're doing this with the folks, make it as interactive as you can. You you don't want to just like throw up on them and just go through the presentation, uh, you want to make sure that they're understanding. You want to make sure they're tracking with you. And so as often as you can, like, you know, kind of the, hey, how we doing? Just, and read their body language for how they're responding. And so, um, but yeah, I like to say something to the effect of, hey, that's, that's not very good news. I'm, I'm glad the verse doesn't stop there because um, I'm a man and I've sinned and the wages of that is death. And just and so I say, but the good news is the biggest but in the entire Bible kicks off line too. And, uh, and so, but... And now we're going to go over to the God side. The gift of God is eternal life. And uh, I do like to, you know, circle or box those when I, when I do it, just to add a little more um, emphasis to them. So you go here, gift, God, and eternal life. And so similar to the man side... At this point, we're just going to go through through those three. And you say, hey, what what's a gift? And so, again, to you guys, what's a gift? Something free? Received? Those are two very good. Any other descriptive words? Undeserved? What was the other one? Given? Blessing? Yeah. And so, uh, similar to wage, um, and just... Most of the time when I'm sharing this with folks, really making sure that they understand a wage and a gift, that can be a game changer for folks that have a works-based mentality of Christianity. And a lot of people who who aren't um, true Christians, they do. They think it has something to do with their performance and their works that gets them into heaven. And so really differentiating between a wage and a gift. And so feel the freedom to camp out there when you're going through this with folks. But so with gift two of the main things I like to say is that it's free. And, and some translations, will say, hey, but the free gift of God is eternal life. And so making sure they acknowledge it's free and that when you try to pay for a gift, all it does is that I would argue that's really insulting, especially the higher the value of the gift. And so if I was to give one of you this marker uh, and you offered me a quarter, that's not going to be nearly as insulting as if I give you a, uh, some $100,000 car and you go, oh, hey, here, here, let me, here's 20 bucks. It's like, Bro, I just gave you a $100,000 car. Why, you really, you're going to try to give me $20? And making some sort of um, good, like, earthly example of kind of what that would maybe feel like, a slap in the face to the giver, and how much more, how much infinitely more true that is with an eternal God giving you an eternal gift. It's like our works, our efforts, our wages are so undeserving of any gift God gives us. And so making that distinction with them with the gift. And then the second thing, one of you guys said uh, a gift is received um, which can be true, but sometimes it's not true. Sometimes gifts are rejected. And so gifts can either, in order for it to be a gift, like it, for your gift, we'll say, you have to receive it. And so there is this element of a gift of actually receiving it and accepting it and not just, you know, someone could give you a gift and you can just look at it, smell it, you know, shake it. and you can just, But if you don't actually receive it and take it, it it's not yours. And, so, and uh, we'll talk about that in just a second here. But, um, and so, yeah, so just those are the kind of the two main points with gift. And I guess there's, there's one other one that I like to do uh, as it relates to trying. And I'll say to someone, I'll even do it real quick here, try to, try to take this, this marker. No, you, you took it. Try, try to take it. No, you took it again. And so and they're, they're kind of like, what's going on so like, you can 't try to take the gift, You either take it, and that, that goes back to the whole receiving or not. you just you either receive it or you don 't there 's no like trying involved, and so thank you i wasn 't trying to make fun of you in front of everyone, but yeah people was like what what 's he doing he and so yeah, anyway, so just the whole hey it's it 's free it 's received there 's no efforts, um, and yeah, just really making sure there 's kind of the, those affirmative head nods with the wage and with the gift. And then God, again, similar to sin, chances are most people will have a, a decent understanding and acceptance of who God is, but but maybe not. And so just mean, hey, he's good. He loves you. Um, in the beginning, God, you know, he was there. And so just uh, talking about, uh, catering to your audience, however you would feel fit there, of, of what they would need to hear as it relates to God. And then the last thing, eternal life. And just saying, hey, this is the opposite of eternal death. It's heaven forever and ever and ever and ever and ever with God. Uh, it's it's better than we can ever imagine, it's, and it's going to be awesome. And so, um, as you guys can see, and, and this isn't something you'd necessarily point out to them, but, not, but these are really opposites of each other. And, and the cool thing about writing this verse out this way, and maybe some of you guys have noticed it, they, like, they line up perfectly, even including the thes, the ofs, the iss Like, it all lines up, and it makes it really easy to compare and con- contrast the two. Uh, and, and then, again, some folks will pick up on that as you go. Others might not. Um, But if they don't, it's okay because this third line is when you then get into showing them how and why they differ uh, and and, uh, the fact that Christ has everything to do with it. And so this is where it gets its name, the bridge illustration. And uh, before I draw it out, I like to ask folks, hey, when I say Jesus Christ or when you hear Christ Jesus, what comes to mind? And if you ask folks that question, hey, when you hear the name Christ Jesus or when you hear Jesus, what comes to mind? Almost without fail, at some point, if you let them keep going, they're going to say the cross or a cross. That's like, that's your that's your, your kind of bingo, your aha moment for them. And then, uh, again, that's where the bridge illustration comes in. I will say this, without fail, and the countless times I've done this, I don't think I've ever once drawn a good cross, and you probably won't either when you're writing on a napkin or a sheet of paper. And so it's okay if it looks like a plus sign or it's crooked, it's just part of the illustration, but so you draw the cross in, and then and that's where you know you can write Jesus in the middle here. Um, and again, depending on your audience, you know maybe you're talking to your sibling who who intellectually knows the story of the gospel, but you just you share the gospel here. Hey, there's God loved you so much, He sent His Son to die for you, and uh, and you just you again catering to your audience. Um, and that's the beauty of just being a Christian. If you're a Christian, you you know the gospel. You know that you're a sinner. You're in need of a savior and God's provision for that was, was Jesus, coming to earth, fully man, living a perfect life, dying on the cross and and raising to life three days later and, and believing in that. That's the the in or the through. It's just believing in or believing through Christ Jesus. That's how you can get to the other side. And and the cool thing is we're talking about how these kind of uh contrast each other is that Christ is the one who uh took care of our wages, he paid for our sin. And he took on, I mean, he died on the cross. He canceled that death for us. And it's his gift. You know, he is God. We're going to get to spend forever, eternal life with him. And so really, whether you you draw the lines to Jesus and making the connection that way, that he's connected to both of them, um, sometimes I'll I'll, uh, maybe draw over and cross these out instead of the lines. And you say, again, if, if they haven't picked up on the fact that these are opposites and they really differ from each other, You can draw over and, you know, cross out sin, cross out God, cross out, or sorry, not cross out God, don't do that. Um, Cross out wages, sin, and death, and just really camp out on the gift, the God, and the eternal life. And so um, this is uh, one way, and using one verse, and uh, and there's a little bit later here, we're going to talk about some other verses and different things you can add to it. But at this point in it, once you've gotten this far, you just, I like to say, hey, what do you think so far? And again, you uh, more specifically than maybe you have been going throughout in terms of engaging with them, you say, hey, wh- what do you think about this? Does this, this make sense? Do you believe this? Like, h- how are you doing right now? And you, just, you really put the ball in their court to answer and to respond. Because at this point, you've you've using one verse have laid out the gospel, the the, the central story of the entire Bible. And just you really want to make sure you give them the opportunity to respond to that. And so... Um, that 's where it 's helpful to to know this um, so that when you 're sharing you 're not so focused on getting the word right or making the x right, but you just you 're able to actually engage with them and have a conversation uh, because again the the tool it 's just that it 's just a tool there 's nothing magical there 's been times i 've screwed it up there 's probably been times I have crossed out God or said something crazy and like and God can use that, and so don 't be so so nervous about the tool that you miss the the opportunity to to have that conversation with someone. And so so you ask them the question, say, hey, where do you think you are? And then um, from my experience, usually people will answer somewhere if they're not a Christian already or they don't, they're not ready to believe it, they'll try they'll put an X somewhere between just before the God side and somewhere over here. <laughs> and so they might not be like fully on the man side, but they'll be like, ah oh, you know, I think I'm like right here or something. And they'll they'll put an X and just making it clear to them that hey the the reality is there's really only two places you can be. You're either, you know, right here on the man side, or you're over here on the God side. The, just the, the God in the Bible doesn't really leave room uh, for for you to be in the middle. You're either you're either all in or, or you're not. And uh, and if it is possible to be lukewarm, uh, it does not go well for those that are lukewarm. And you know, for the illustration purposes, you probably wouldn't go go there with them. But just making sure they understand: Hey, you're either on the God side or you're on the man side. And, uh, and again, and then just engaging with them in conversation. And, and, uh, and a little bit later here, we're going to uh, talk about some ways to do that. But uh, any questions right now? There's a couple more things I'm going to share. But any questions so far about um, just the verse, how you draw it out? Yeah. Yeah, so this, this the question was, this could all be head stuff. How do you uh, translate to heart stuff? And so um, I'm going to make you wait on that, because what we're going to do in the second half is get into some more verses, actually, uh, and different ways you can uh, go deeper than simply what we've prepa- prepared here, and, and that might be a good... Um, so if I haven't answered your question after the next time we're up here, ask again, and uh, we'll go there. But for now, I'm going to wa- make you wait about 20 minutes. Yeah. The wall is Jesus? As in, like, this part right here? Yeah. or uh, No, no one's ever, yeah. I mean, just whether you you draw, like, an arrow this way or even just an arrow right through or something. But, yeah, but just as, as long as you're clearly explaining, hey, Jesus is the way to get to the other side. And you can talk about the, you know, the. so, yeah, I guess it's not a perfect bridge illustration because there is a, a wall there. But, yeah, I've, I've never had someone say that. And so, uh, just, yeah, as long as you make a clue, hey, Jesus gets you across. He's not a barrier. Someone else think, yeah? What if they don't believe in the Bible? Yeah, and so we'll um again we'll good question. We'll we'll circle back on that one after the second half. Bad yeah, good question. You one more you got, one, you got another one? Go for it. What if they don't believe in God? Yeah, that's another great question. We'll we'll hit on that one as well in the second half. So maybe I should have waited for questions as I'm like making making you guys wait. Um no more questions. But, so the last thing I'll share right now, and then we are going to give you guys some table time to to practice this, to go over, it, is uh, write your name, write your email, write your phone number, write the date, like leave as much possible contact info as you can on this. And when you're doing it, do it on a napkin, do it on a sheet of paper. Um, I, I presented this to a guy once who, uh, he, he accepted Christ using this uh, illustration and when we got done. He goes, bro... Like, this is fridge-worthy. Can I keep this? <laughs> like, he was excited, and, and rightfully so. Like, for the first time, using a, a simple drawing in one Bible verse, he understood the gospel. And so he took it home, and uh, he, he put it on his refrigerator. And so, yeah, make sure that—you that, know, that's the one end of the spectrum. But make sure those that—I've also heard stories where someone will take it home— you know, put it in the junk drawer, or put it in the middle of a book, or or something, and then months later they they stumble across it. And so, if if that is it were to be the case, man, you want them to be able to contact you, to reach out to you, and just follow up. And so, put your contact info, and um, yeah. And so, right now we're gonna give you guys about fifteen twenty minutes or so at your table to to discuss this, um, and then to really practice with you the, the hope would be you'd pair up in twos and threes. And uh, some brave person would go ahead and try it, and and try role playing with those at your table. Because, like Ryan mentioned just a little bit ago, with the unashamed weekends, it's no different. The best way to learn these things is to practice and to stumble over your words, uh, and to just to, to say something that's like heretical, Or <laughs> it's like, "What you just said that Jesus sinned and man's perfect, and the only way to get to God is by being really good." It's like, "I did, man. I'm ready to accept Christ." And like, and somehow, like God uses you if if you're just faithful. Uh, to put yourself out there. And so um, take about 15 minutes or so to to practice this at your table, and then uh, Ryan and I will come back up and talk about a little bit more that will hopefully answer a lot of those questions you guys have been
1: having. Hey, so I would love to hear uh, one or two uh, interesting things that you guys maybe learned uh, in that exercise. And so does anybody have something that uh, was a surprise to you or something that you learned as you were getting to – Uh, Talk with somebody next to you guys. It's harder than you thought. Why is that? So Eric said, hey, it was harder than I thought uh, because I wanted to uh, maybe try to do it perfect uh, and stumbled on my words a little bit. So does anybody resonate with what Eric said that that it was a little bit more difficult than you thought? And so she said, uh, it seemed like it took a long time as they were kind of writing out the scripture. Uh, and so, just being careful not to lose their interest. And so, those are uh, both really good points. Like, I felt, I have felt both of those and can feel that sometimes even now uh, uh, doing this. And I'm the guy who's in charge of evangelism here, and I still feel those things that you guys are talking about. And so, um, what I would say is one, uh, just the more that you practice that, the more comfortable that you get. Uh, and it feels less like trying to spout out something that you memorized and more just something that is written on your heart. Um, and then, two, uh, as you begin to do that more often, you'll, uh, I'll say, just the art of the conversation, you'll like learn how to, uh, for example, ask a question that you know may take them 60 seconds to answer. And then you're writing while you're asking a question. And so just in the art of having a conversation that just takes some time to do that, you'll learn the appropriate time to ask, uh, I don't want to say a meaningless question, but you ask a question, you know, it's going to take a little bit of time for them to answer. And then it allows you to get some of that stuff on paper so that there's not that awkward kind of pause and you can c- continue to make eye contact a little bit with them. And so those are just things that uh, the more that you do it, the more you start to feel comfortable uh, and I would just say, there's going to be a little bit of awkwardness. Like, it just, you know, I don't know what how else to get around that. There's going to be a little bit of that. And so you just kind of uh, are aware of that and lean into that a little bit. So was there anything else? Yeah. Yeah. So I, I would say um, that that does happen sometimes. But the fact is, most of the time that we're going to engage in this sort of conversation is going to be with somebody that we know. And it's probably over a meal, or we're grabbing coffee with them, and so does that happen? Absolutely, you know, but uh, if we walked out of here, I would be totally okay with you uh, not engaging with strangers on the street. What I would probably have a hard time with is you, like, not engaging with the people that you already intersect with day to day, and so that's where we would just say, hey, the easiest uh, and the most effective way is going to be people that you already have relationships with that, you get to um, engage with in just a, probably a more natural environment, but yeah there 's going to be some times uh, that you will do that with folks that you uh, that it 's not as convenient as sitting across the table from, and with that, you want to communicate all the same principles without maybe putting it on paper and so when you as you start to know this really well then you 're going to communicate the exact same thing, uh, but you just may not do it with a piece of paper so for example. Um, in another evangelism class, when we talk about uh, God being the creator of all the heavens and the earth, and there's this little cube, and on the front, it shows, like, the heavens and the earth. Well, I don't carry this kind of big cube with me. It's something that you do normally, like, with a VBS class or something here, but I start off every conversation now with that, because it's, like, so in my brain of, like, the process, so I don't use the tool to do it, but it's, like, uh, a tool that I have kind of in my head that's, like, I'm ready to use when necessary. Does that make sense? Yeah.
0: Ryan, can I jump on that quick? We're going to yeah. teach you guys some other tools as well next week and in the weeks to come. And so the bridge is just one of many, many different tools and ways you can share the gospel. And so it, yeah, it, it does typically work best when you're sitting down over a cup of coffee. Um, but I have done it standing up on the streets. And so, yeah, this is just one of many, many tools.
1: Yeah. Was there anything else that stood out to you guys? Yeah they, you just ask them, hey, do you know what I'm talking about when I say that, you know, and so clarity is always going to be your friend, uh, even uh, for us, and so we're, that actually maybe lead into kind of what we'll do here, which is just, hey, let's just define what we're even talking about, because uh, it can look like a word, and you can be thinking something in French, and I can be thinking something in English, Uh, and so we're saying the same thing, but we're thinking two very different things, and so that's where it's really good uh, to help define these things, and so that's kind of what we're going to do next. Is just Joe and I will spend a little bit of time just making sure that we define some of this stuff so that we're even speaking uh, the same language. So why don't we do? Why don't Joe and I do that um, a little bit, and then you guys keep thinking if you guys have questions for us um, specifically, kind of around uh, the bridge. And so,
0: so guys, I got to start by apologizing. I lied to you. Will, you. will you please forgive me?
1: No. What did What did you lie about first? So
0: this is a. So this is no longer. The one verse bridge illustration. This is about to turn into the 35 verse bridge illustration. And so, what I mean by that is I didn't really lie to you, kinda. Uh, So the one verse bridge illustration, I've used it and referenced no other scripture before, and I think that works really well. However, uh, I would argue the the best, the the better way, if you will, to teach and to do and to share this with others is having other scriptures written on your heart to share that really, really speak to a lot of the different things that are covered in the one verse, build your illustration. And so I'm not going to ask you to share which ones, but how many of you, if I, maybe, how many of you were sitting out there and as I was going through, it's like, man, there's a verse that talks about sin that I know. There's a verse that talks about a gift that I know. There's a verse that talks about God that I know that would, how many people were just, were, were thinking through, yeah, I mean, just the more we, we read and we know God's word, the more we can insert into all areas of life, but specifically, uh, we're going to share with you quite a few different ones that, that speak to, to this as you're going through it. And so memorize and know Romans 6.23 for sure, uh, and hopefully we'll share a, a bunch of others with you that you can learn and memorize and reference. And so, yeah, hopefully you've still got... And I'm going to write them on here, kind of strategically placed throughout as if... Ryan and I are just kind of, kind of banter back and forth a little bit, as if I was sharing this with him, and he had questions or he was skeptical, and so using other scriptures to to answer uh, and uh, some of those. And so, uh, where do you want to start? Yeah. So let's just say I just shared this with Ryan, all of it, and he's. Uh, I'm like, so, what what'd you think?
1: Yeah. So I think there, there's a ton of kind of questions in there for me. Uh, one, just explaining a little bit more about wages. So what do you mean by wages? Well, uh, <laughs> that's
0: not one of the ones
1: we okay. talked about. Okay. Well, I guess I'm, <laughs> I guess so, I'm asking about so, sin. No, what so, do you
0: mean by so, sin? So, so real quick pause. So that is funny. The reason is the wage from my experience we don't uh, I don't tie in this if, if there's a scripture you can think of I'd love to know it but the the best way that I've uh, seen this work with wage is really getting that connection with their paycheck is with a wage that way and so if you guys know of a Bible verse that would insert well to, to illustrate a wage I'd love to hear it and I don't say that like I know the Bible really well i humbly would love to hear it. So anyway, let's start with sin.
1: Yeah, well, actually, so let's start with, hey, what do you mean by uh, man? Like so, I'm a little uh, confused. Man, woman, uh, is everybody a man in this scenario? Do women not sin and are they not separated from God? That's correct. Yes. (laughs) Is my wife still here? No, (laughs) totally
0: kidding. All right, so man, so man, you know, Ryan, that's a great question. I'm glad you asked. So in Genesis uh, 1, 26 and 27, that's where you write it down, uh, Genesis 1:26 and 27, it talks about how God created man uh, in his image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And so sometimes in the Bible, it uses the word man, but it's really talking about both men and women. And so, yeah, in, in Genesis 1, it talks about man and how God created him.
1: Gotcha. All right. So if we're created in God's image, then that sounds like we're a lot like God. So then why are we separated from God?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. And so, uh, man, yeah, you, Ryan, you might have noticed that I, just, I didn't really explain to you this gap before when I was going over it. And so there's a, a verse in, it's Isaiah uh, 59, verse 2. And uh, that just talks about how our sins, oh, wow, that's really lefty whiteboard writing for you. So Isaiah 59, 2, I'll say these over and over again so you guys can get them, because some of the writing will be small up here. But we'll leave it up at the end. You can come back and look at it if you want. So Isaiah 59 just talks about how uh, our sins have made a separation between you and your God. And so along the same lines of that separation, let me just tell you a little bit more about sin and just what, what it is, what it isn't. And so um, there's a lot of different verses in the Bible that talk about sin. But a really uh, common one is Romans 3.23, and that just talks about how all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. There's a couple other verses earlier in chapter 3 in Romans, verses 10 through 12, that talk about that just no one is righteous, no, not one. So, yeah, Romans chapter 3 is a great place where the Bible talks a lot about sin. 323, 3, 10 through 12. All of Genesis chapter 3 talks about when sin entered the world. And so, as you mentioned, uh, we were created in God's image and originally we were perfect and we never sinned. But Genesis 3 tells a tells not a great story, it's a it's a sad story, but it's the story of how sin entered the world through Adam and Eve.
1: All right, so I got a question about that. Yeah. Uh, so I've heard that story kind of around church about Adam and Eve. So are you saying that because some girl took a bite out of an apple, then now I'm penalized for it?
0: Yep. <laughs> Actually, okay. what the Bible teaches is that because of that, uh, we have all sinned. Uh, we, we are born uh, in a, with a sinful nature, and uh, I don't have that one written down. That is in Romans five. Yeah, Romans five. Four and five. yeah, Romans four and five talks about how in one man, Adam, all have sinned. And uh, later on, we'll get to in how all in Christ, or in in Christ, we're all forgiven of that sin. So, yeah, that's Romans uh, five, I believe. So I
1: get, so I get that, uh, I think that I get that I've done something wrong before. You have. But it seems pretty harsh that, like, because of that, then I would be, that it would go to death. I mean, that feels like a pretty drastic punishment.
0: Yeah, no, it it definitely is. And that's where, uh, it's just the kind of the transition between the sin and death is in Exodus 20, God gave us his 10 commandments and, um. And uh, in those Ten Commandments, those were, I mean, those are just ten of the many different things that he's he's set up for us. And just, again, as you mentioned, you're a sinner, I'm a sinner, we've all uh, done that. But God is a perfect God. He's a holy God, and he demands perfection. And so, uh, because of that, uh, we're not, you know, we do get death. And it it talks about in Hebrews uh, 9.27, that it is appointed for man to die once, and after that, face judgment. And so, Hebrews 9.27 9.27 just says that, hey, once we die, we get to face judgment. And just like if someone did something horrific uh, to your family, you wouldn't want them to just go before a judge and say, oh, I'm sorry, and the judge to let them go free. There's a, there's a penalty for, for doing that wrong, and it needs to get paid. And so with a perfect God, uh, the penalty for any sin against him is, is death. It's separation from him.
1: So we have to be perfect?
0: Exactly. Good luck. Now <laughs> that is where Jesus comes in. All right, so, um, so real quick, how are we doing? I want to make sure, we're going to kind of keep open, but I want to make sure you guys get these verses. And so uh, any any questions on what the verses are? I realize this might be hard to see up here. You guys got all the references? So, uh, Isaiah 59.2, yes, Isaiah 59.2. Question, yeah, go for it. Let's, let us keep, I think cause we're going to keep going, talking about how Jesus... Uh, is the perfect, so let's keep going, but yeah, then we can circle back on that, yeah? Yeah, and so talking about the whole free will, and God gave us a will to choose, and so originally when God created us, and you guys can talk about this maybe in the man part, but just that we were perfect, and there was no sin, Uh, but when sin entered the world, that's when those desires, those lusts, you know, it talks about in James, uh, it's the lust of our flesh in James 1. Uh, that causes us to sin, that ultimate starts out as a temptation, and it leads to sin. And so, but yeah, a loving God, thankfully, He didn't just make us robots, because robots don't have the ability to love. They don't have the ability to choose. And so, I'm not a parent yet, but, uh, you know, the the parent-child illustration is a great one there. Just, man, if you had a kid who was forced to love you, like, that, they, that would not be loving. Like, if they only... Uh, We're just a a programmed robot, and so uh, the love demands a free choice. You can't just force someone to love you. Uh, At that point, it's no longer love. And so, yeah, love by definition has to have a choice. There needs to be a free will aspect there. Anything you want to add on that? No. All right. So let's keep going here. So we've we've covered uh, sin, death, man, and then so you're saying, hey, what about where does Jesus come into this? Or, uh, and so yeah. So man, lots of different ways the Bible talks about Jesus, and so. One of them is Romans 5.8. It just says that God demonstrates his love for us and that while we were still sinners, i just like to write that one kind of in between the death and the cross, Christ died for us. So Romans 5.8 is a great verse that talks about that. Um, 1 Peter 3.18. eighteen. First Peter 3.18 talks about how Christ died once for sins. It goes on to talk about the, the righteous for the unrighteous. So First Peter 3.18 and then um I typically won't do this one with folks, but if, if people really want to know about Christ, you guys can jot this down as Colossians one fifteen through twenty. That's a little bit longer verse, and that really just gets into the specific some of the different attributes of who Christ is. It's one of the I think it's actually the longest passage in the Bible that just talks about who Christ is. And then another one is Philippians two, one through eleven. So that was Colossians one fifteen through twenty. And then Philippians 2, 1 through 11. So yeah, just from experience, I don't typically go into those using the bridge, but man, be free. Those are two great passages to talk about just who Jesus Christ is.
1: So I kind of get that uh, I'm a sinner. We've already covered that. And I hear you saying that uh, Jesus uh, died for my sins. But I still, like, what's so great about that?
0: What is so great about that?
1: Like, is it is it just that I don't get in trouble for my sins anymore?
0: What's wrong with you? No, I'm just kidding. All right, uh, what's so great about this? So that is where the eternal life comes in. So to your, your question is just talking about heaven. And so here's a, a great verse on this one. Who here knows John 3.16? It's a great, hopefully everyone, well, maybe not, but... I'm guessing most people have heard of John 3.16, and so inserting John 3.16 is a great one on the whole eternal life one, and just and talking about heaven. Uh, another one uh, that's great is John 17.3, and so yeah, so John 3.16 and John 17.3 are, are two great ones for eternal life, uh, and there's, there's there's others as well, but um, just making sure they understand that, hey, we're... Right, no, we're created, we're, we are all eternal beings. Every single human being is an eternal being. We are going to spend forever somewhere. Uh, and just a quick uh, answer here. Sometimes people are going to ask you a question you don't know the answer to, or they're not going to believe what you say. Or someone asks you, what if they don't believe the Bible? You know, that's okay. Like, you're, there's no such thing as a perfect bridge illustration where you answer all their questions, they believe everything. I mean, maybe that'll happen sometimes, but you're going you're gonna to run into roadblocks and obstacles and so just have the humility to say, hey, you know what? I'm not sure. That's a great question. Can I get back to you on that? Can we circle back up in a week or in a couple of days? I, I commit to you finding the answer to that question. So just want to answer that in here because there, there's hundreds of questions you guys could ask. Well, what about this? What about this? And it's like, pray <laughs> that God gives you a good answer and do your best to answer it just in, in humility. But
1: um, yeah, I would just add that... Um more so than any systematic theology class that you guys could ever go through with us, more so than any equipping class that you could go through with us. If you start engaging in conversations and do what Joe just said, which is just like, I don't know the answer, but I will commit to finding it out for you. You will grow in your faith more than any class that we will ever offer here at Watermark because you just you'll you'll have a conversation, you'll probably have an answer, you'll have a question that you don't know the answer to. You go home, you go find the answer. You go and give him the answer. And then they're going to ask another question. You go back home, you find the answer. And just over time, like I'll give you the cheat sheet. It's called gotquestions.org. It will answer just about every single question that you could have. And you just, I think when I first started really engaging in spiritual conversations, I just had that on my phone and I was just going to it all day long. I learned more about systematic theology and answers in the Bible uh, to tough questions than in any class that I took here. Like, we don't need to have uh, a class to answer all these different questions. You just, it's there, uh, both in the Bible on your own, and then two, there's resources like gotquestions.org uh, that'll just help you kind of guide you through that. And if you can't find it there, then you guys have our email address and we're committed to helping you guys work through any question that someone has. Uh, and so, Christianity is a um has an answer for everything like we can defend our faith uh where others can't and so we're not afraid of that we're not afraid to back down we'll engage in any conversation and so that's what i would encourage you guys more so than any other thing to take here at church is just engage with people and allow that to help drive uh learn in your bible even more so that's
0: good uh, so, while you're also talking about the topic of Jesus. There's a couple different ways that people might ask, so I'll just I'll ask it for them. But kind of, John, who Jesus is, we've talked about that, and then the other one is just, uh, you know, might be similar to, "Hey, what about how do you get over there?" And so, any Ed Equip Disciple one folks, all right, in unison, say John five twenty four together, because I know you guys have it memorized, N- nice and loud, say it out. Yeah, everyone, again, on the count of three, on the count of three, those of you who know John five twenty four from Equipped Disciple. Recite it. Ready? One, two, three. Oh, come on. Come on, guys. Dep- de- depends on the translation. There you go. Yeah, either truly, truly, or I tell you the truth. Keep going. What you're reading it off a card. That doesn't count. Come on now. Hey, but I will give you props, you're prepared, you're ready. All right, so here's the thing, it's that it, it's because he, he's crossed over from death to life. And that's a great, That's a. I don't think I've ever done the bridge illustration without John 5, 24. He who believes in my word hears, will cross over, and so draw on that arrow to cross over. Um, another great one to do there is Romans 10, 9 and 10. And so for those of you that know the Romans road, and this is... Uh, you got Romans ten, nine and ten up here, you've got Romans three twenty-three up here, you've got Romans five eight up here, and then the verse itself, Romans six twenty-three, and so so in order, for those of you guys who don't know the Romans Road, uh, just just I just jot down Romans Road. And It's these four verses in this order. It's Romans six twenty-three. Sorry, 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 Romans three twenty-three, scratch that. Romans three twenty-three, Romans six twenty-three, Romans five, eight and then Romans 10, 9 through 10. So one more time, that's 3.23, twenty three, five eight, and then 10, 9 through 10. And those four verses are, the, are a great gospel presentation in and of themselves. And so if you could just Google Romans Road, I'll bet you'll find a ton of different ways to present them. But Yeah, those four verses very, very clearly lay out just the, the gospel. And so... Um, and then the last one up there is just John one twelve. That's another one. If you want to jot that down, John one twelve. But I would argue John 5.24 is arguably the best one in a, a close second. Uh, probably Romans 10, 9, and 10 there. What other questions do you have, Ryan?
1: Yeah. So what do I got to do to get this gift?
0: What do you got to do to get that gift? Well, man, I am glad you asked, because there's a Bible verse that talks about it. So yeah, Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. This is another one that I don't know if I've ever done the bridge uh, without talking about Ephesians 2, 8, and 9. And I will acknowledge right now I'm breaking my own rule of abbreviating these with you guys. But again, always write out the full book of the Bible, the chapter and the verse, when you guys are sharing this with folks. And so Ephesians 2, 8, and 9, for it's by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is the gift of God. And then right after that, not by works, so that no one can boast. And so Ephesians 2, 8, and 9 might be the most straightforward uh, verse in the entire Bible to really differentiate between the whole wages and gift piece, Just, hey, it's a gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. And so if anyone gets caught up on the whole wage or gift thing, I'd, I'd take them there for either the wage or the gift. So that That might be the answer to, hey, what's the Bible verse that talks about a wage, but... Uh, What else?
1: Yeah, so I was just going to add to that, that um, if you guys forget some of this, uh, the bridge illustration or the specific verse, if you turn uh, your Bible to Ephesians 2 and just read all of 1 through 10, and so if you just uh, read that with somebody, uh, and so you can read the whole thing and then just kind of dissect those different pieces, it's going to talk about and kind of give the storyline that just says, you know, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions. All of you, us used to live that way, you know, but because of his great love, and so it just kind of walks through these kind of basic principles of the gospel in a way that doesn't cause you to have to remember it, and so if you can, uh, if you can just remember Ephesians 2, you can, you've got kind of 10 verses that help lay a little bit of this out there uh, for you to help you in this, so.
0: It's awesome. Hey, for the sake of time, let's just all kick out the last couple without you. And so, so the last couple on here that I think are, are really good to add, would one would just be God, and if, if they want more scriptures on God. So just when you talk about that, some specifics one, specific ones to reference would start with just Genesis 1.1, 1, 1, you know, in the beginning, God. <laughs> and just getting them to acknowledge, hey, he is before everything. He, he was in the beginning. Um, 1 John 4.8 is a great verse where it talks about God being love. So that's First John four 8. 1 John one five. And again, if if I'm uh, going through this with someone, you can either be writing them down, kind of on the God side of the cliff, or I'd say even better um, down here in the gift, God, and eternal life part. That's where I'll write these typically. So yeah, Genesis one one, First John four eight, First John one five, and then Isaiah forty twenty eight. So Isaiah chapter forty verse twenty eight. And then, lastly, Exodus thirty-four, six and seven. Exodus thirty-four, six and seven. And those those two just everlasting Creator doesn't grow afraid or weary. Understanding is unsearchable. He's merciful. He's gracious. He's slow to anger, abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness. So it just lists off attribute after attribute of just our good and loving God. And so, um, the last two that uh, or. I, I, I give preference to these when you're sharing this with someone of those who, who accept it or who believe or are maybe newer in their faith. And this is just, I've had a lot of people say, man, I've never heard it explained that way before. I've been going to church for however long. I've never had it explained that simply. And so these next two are don't necessarily fit on here, but I use them all the time. And so one would be in, uh, this idea of the assurance of your salvation. And so I'll even just write that down, like in the corner, maybe, assurance of salvation. And... Um, and the two verses I, I go to there are 1 John 5, 11 through 13. And while you're writing that down, I'm going to read that one to you. And this is the testimony that God gave us eternal life. And this life is in his Son. Whoever has the Son has life. Whoever does not have the Son of God does not have life. I write these things to you who believe in the name of the Son of God that you may know that you have eternal life. And so it doesn't say, so you hope, so you think, so you probably, so that's you may know that you have eternal life. And that's verse 13 specifically. But yeah, so 1 John 5, 11 through 13. And I like to write that down in this right-hand corner because it mentions eternal life and that verse as well. And so it kind of ties in the eternal life piece as well as assurance of salvation. And then the other one is 1 Peter, uh, 1 Peter chapter 1, specifically verses 3 through 5, and then also verse 23. But there's just, it talks all about this imperishable seed, unfading crown of glory, uh, this eternal hope that we have, and there uses a lot of different words that, um, by definition, imply that they are forever and they can't be taken away from us. And so, again, those were First John five, eleven through thirteen, and First Peter one three through five, as well as verse twenty three. And so, and then the very last one uh, that I like to hit on with folks is just their if they do believe this and they are now a Christian, and they accept. And again, I've, I've had that that happens using this bridge illustration is is uh, what their new identity in Christ is like. And so once they are on this God side, just encouraging them with who they now are and what's true of them. And uh, my three favorite places to take them is first and foremost is 2 Corinthians 5.17. It just talks about, therefore he who is in Christ is a new creation. The old has gone, behold, the new has passed away. Behold, the, the old is gone, uh, the new has come. And so just to idea that we are a new person, we are a new creation in Christ Second uh, Corinthians five seventeen, And then after that, Galatians 3 and 4. Just uh, all of Galatians 3 and 4 uh, just talk about us being sons of God. And this this idea that God has adopted us and we are now his son and that we are part of God's family once we become a Christian. And then the last one, uh, Romans 8. And so both, the, really all of Romans 8, but verse 1 starts off Romans 8 and just talks about, there's, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, And then verses 38 and 39, uh, Romans 38, 38 and 39 talks about there's nothing that can separate us from the love of the love that God has for us in Christ or through Christ. And so, uh, yeah, those assurance of salvation and uh, identity in Christ, they don't necessarily specifically fit with the illustration perfectly, but they are great verses to add on uh, to just remind them of what is true for those of us who are are Christians, especially if they just accepted this. And so... um, yeah.
1: Cool. Joe, thank you so much for coming and and sharing with a little bit uh, with us tonight. Hopefully you guys see just how important it is to know your Bible uh, when you're having a spiritual conversation. And so uh, we didn't get into uh, intentionally into a ton of apologetic stuff. And so this isn't uh, an apologetics class with like lots of, uh, hey, what if uh, they say kind of this dispute? Uh, against the faith in which we need to be able to defend that, you know, and so we do lots of that stuff. We want to make sure you're equipped kind of with the basics. Um, The basics just come from like knowing our Bible. So the more we know our Bible, the easier it is for us to engage in this conversation. I think we just went through uh, 25 or 30 verses with you guys, and so we'd encourage you guys to get to know those just like one at a time to start committing those things uh, to memory, and so Uh, I want to end just with a couple things. One, um, if you guys haven't, we'd love to have you guys sign up for Unashamed and come and hang with us uh, in two weekends. Two, next week we will talk about um, how to share our own personal testimonies. And so um, tonight we talked about a ton of stuff, uh, and it takes a lot of work to start to get to know those things, uh, but next week, we're going to give you guys a fail-proof way that everybody can go, uh, and they can't t- you can't take away your story from you, and so we'll help you guys articulate that uh, in a clear and concise manner. Um, three, so we're going to start giving you guys a little bit of homework, so the first thing is that you guys would commit to memory. Uh, Romans 6.23, and so expect that we're going to come and ask you guys that and ask them on your table, uh, so next week that you guys would know Romans 6.23. And then the second piece of homework, and you guys can blame it on the pastor guy up front, but I want you guys to find somebody that you personally know, so a coworker, a friend, or a family member, uh, and share this illustration with them in the next seven days. And so for you guys to find somebody uh, not your community group member that you already know loves Jesus
0: what about my uh, dog
1: but somebody is my dog uh, somebody that uh, you don 't think is fully devoted to following Christ, and so it could be a coworker that like maybe talks about going to church, but you have some questions about where they 're at in their faith, um, or somebody that you know does not believe uh, the same things about Jesus that we would, but we would encourage you sometime in the next week uh, and you can like i mean the easiest way is to just blame it on me and just say, hey, I'm taking this class at my church. They gave me a little bit of homework. Uh, could I practice my homework with you? Uh, and so you can blame it all on me. I remember doing this with Sylvia, uh, who's back here and helping the host this class. And she got to do it with a coworker that like very next week. Uh, and it's such an easy layup. Uh, and I promise you, you can take away some of that awkwardness by just blaming, blaming it on somebody else. And so just, hey, I have homework for this class that I'm doing at church. Could I practice my homework with you uh, and get to do this with somebody? Um, and then the very last thing is just going back to last week of Nathan talking about kind of that grand uh, narrative. And so not just having this forgiveness narrative, but this gospel narrative. I um, just want to end our time together just talking about kind of that big picture narrative and so as we talked about uh in Genesis 1 just be created in the image of God and that we walked in perfect harmony with God I want to just give you guys a vision of what is to come and so when we talk about uh eternal life and what all this means I just want to read a passage to you guys that I think is so effective uh and have an evangelism conversation and so uh if you guys open up your Bibles in the beginning, is, uh Genesis 1, and so you kind of go to the very beginning of that, and so you say, uh, hey, I want to be able to go through my whole Bible with you. And so this is Genesis 1. Uh, we were created in God's image to walk in perfect harmony with Him. You kind of go through all this content and just say, hey, and let me tell you the end of the story. Let me tell you how things are supposed to be. And so the very end of the Bible, the second to last chapter, just Revelations 21, it just says, He will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain. For the old order of things has passed away. He who is seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. Then he said, Write this down for these words are trustworthy and true. He said to me, It is done. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To the thirsty I will give water without cost from the spring of the water of life. Those who are victorious will inherit all this, and I will be their God, and they will be my children. And so this idea that you just get to share with them, uh, hey, that is what eternal life looks like. And I just love to ask the question and just say, hey, is that what your life looks like right now? Because most people will answer no. They're going to know that uh, things are not as they should be. And so as you describe that new heavens and new earth, most people will resonate with that does not describe their life right now. And you get the opportunity to just cast the vision for them of that full, grand gospel narrative uh, that they can walk in kind of wholeness and be promised that eternal life. And so that's just an encouragement to you guys to be able to share that with folks, that it's not just about saving people uh, from hell, but it is about this promise of eternity that they would get to be in this new heaven and new earth with God someday. and so We're already eight minutes over, and so I want to let you guys out, but we will see you guys next, Tuesday, or next Thursday night.
0: Hey, last thing real quick. There are handouts on the table as you walk out, and so we hope you would write it down and get your own version of the bridge using your own handwriting, your own notes. There are a couple other... Very, very, very similar but slightly different ways to present the bridge illustration as a handout as you walk out. So grab one of those, and uh, you can look over that this week as well.